0: Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. I mean, I don't know if there is or not. I don't know. I, I never thought about it. You know, Maybe I'm off, but I
1: don't know. Nothing comes to the
0: forefront of my mind. You don't call them sinners? I, I never thought about it, but I probably don't.
2: Give us some men who know the truth and who will declare the truth and who will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation.
0: It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
3: And welcome to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I'm your guy, Jimmy Hicks, in the studio while Todd is out today on the campus of Kennesaw State University. And, you know, it's been a while since he's been out there on campus, and he's pretty impatient today. We're actually going to join him now already talking to someone.
1: I think I have a great amount of love for everyone. I... I want everyone
2: to be the best that they can be. I'm glad to hear that because I want to ask you some tough questions, all right? Eric, would you consider yourself to be a good person?
1: Would I consider myself by whose standard? Great question.
2: I'm asking by whose standard would I? Uh, Well I'm just asking you if you had to assign yourself a grade for how you're behaving in life, what grade would you get? An F. An F? Why do you say that?
1: Um. Because it's kind of like if you had to pick a grade from zero to infinity and however However close you get to infinity,
2: you're still never gonna be there. By your own standard, do you think you're a good person? I try my best. All right, here's some questions because you asked the right question, dude. By whose standard? Because if I judge myself by my standard, I'm gonna do really well because I don't really see myself in truth. I give myself the benefit of the doubt. So I'm gonna lay on you the standard of the creator who owns the universe and who writes the rules and i'm going to do that by asking you questions right i'm not accusing you i'm just asking you questions how many lies do you think you've told in your life if i had to guess
1: i'd say like five
2: thousand that's a lot of lies fair enough how many times have you stolen something, regardless of value?
1: Mm, I can't recall any time I've stolen anything.
2: Now remember, it could be something like change out of your parents' pockets, a toy from another kid, downloading music illegally. Ever done any of those yeah, things?
1: I've, um, I've downloaded
2: software illegally before. All right, that's stealing, right? How many times have you taken God's name in vain? What does that mean? Um, The word is blasphemy. It means when you use God's name to express disgust. So instead of using a four-letter filth word, I say the name of Jesus Christ, or I say the name of God, OMG. That's to blaspheme God's name because nobody goes, Oh, Joseph Stalin. Oh, Joseph Mingla. But we say that about God. So instead of saying... A curse word, a foul word, we use God's name. That's called blasphemy. Have you ever done that?
1: Yes, I've done that a lot.
2: You're being honest. I appreciate that. Lust. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? What does that mean? It means that you look at somebody and have uh, sexual desires or fantasies for them. Yes. You're a male, and that's pretty typical. Okay. All right, so here's what we just did, Eric. We use God's laws to see how you are going to be judged by him. And what you admitted is that you've lied lots, stolen things, taken God's name in vain, looked with lust, which God prohibits because he wants us to be pure unless we're in a covenant relationship with another woman. All right, so if God is just, and if he has a day in court with Eric, because he is actually the ruler of the universe, and he opens up your books and he knows your thought life. He knows what you've done in darkness. He knows whether you've looked at porn, you've fornicated, you've done mean things to be, he knows it all. Would he say, Eric, you're innocent, or Eric, you're guilty? I'm definitely guilty. Thanks for your honesty. So if God is just, you're guilty by your own admission, should he send you to heaven or should he send you to hell? I don't know. Can I try to read your mind? You don't want to go to hell, neither do I. And here's some good news for you. Neither does God. God is rich in mercy and he offers forgiveness. Free and clear, and the way that he can do that is because he sent his son Jesus Christ to this earth. He never broke the laws, never lied, never sassed mouth his parents, never blasphemed, never lusted, always told the truth, loved to the max. He was righteous, and then he went to a cross. He marched to the cross something was happening there God the Father was pouring out his wrath on God the Son for your sins my violations of his laws were punished on Jesus when God bruised his only son on behalf of sinners so that when you stand before God if you have believed in Jesus Christ your court case will be dismissed because Jesus paid your fine and you can be free to go. And that way God can still be just because he punished crimes, but he's also loving and merciful. And so because of his son, your court case can be kicked out of court because of Jesus Christ. That's the good news of the gospel. You give Jesus your rap sheet. He gives you his resume so that when you get judged and God says, Eric, why should I let you into my heaven? You're gonna say, you shouldn't, but Jesus said I could come. Jesus Christ promised that if I put my trust in him, he'll forgive me and grant me everlasting life. I don't deserve to be here, but because of Jesus, he told me I could come. That's the gospel. Have you ever heard that before? Yes, I've heard of that. Do you believe that?
1: No. I'll come? I just I mean I think it's I think it's possible but I don't believe it with certainty.
2: So what was just placed in front of you is the offer of forgiveness, adoption into the family of God, everlasting life in a good place, not a hot and horrible place. Why wouldn't you believe that and be saved? Um I mean it does sound good.
1: But a lot of things do sound good, but are not necessarily true.
2: I think there's a few reasons why you might be hesitating. See if I can sleuth this out. One of the reasons people reject this is because of sin. They realize, okay, wait a second. If I bow my knee to the king, I've got to obey my sovereign. And there's stuff I like to do that I'm not willing to give up. That's one reason. Is that one of your reasons? No. Another reason would be they don't want to bend the knee. They don't like having an authority. They like to be kind of a free will free spirit kind of guy. Does that describe you? No. There's another option. There's some people who believe that this is great news, but they don't qualify because of their past. Too dirty too sinful too criminal they just don't think that God would be willing to forgive them does that describe you no so what is it I just like to have an open mind but once you're presented with the truth why wouldn't you want to shut your mind it's just how do I know it's the truth totally fair question all right let me reason with you all right these chairs where do they come from I don't know. A factory? Maybe. Well, where else would they come from? I mean, someone could have handmade them in their garage. I don't know. Fair, fair enough. A garage. Of, but you just said the key. Somebody made them. And these are just chairs. They're not all that complex. All right. Your eyeball has 120,000 light-sensitive cells behind it. You take the information. You turn it in the right direction so that your brain can interpret it you see in color your eyes are a million times more intricately designed than this chair who made your eyes i think god did i do too i did you see a chair there's a chair maker you see a human there's a human maker you see an earth there's an earth maker so i think we can conclude there is a god is that reasonable Yes, I believe there is a God. Cool. So now the question is, who is it? And that is when we need to start looking elsewhere, because the creation testifies there's a creator. But now we need to be asking some different questions.
3: And this is seemingly a good time to pause. but. It never actually is a good time to take a break, but we do have to pay the bills, and so a break it is. And when we return, Todd and Eric will continue their chat at Kennesaw State University. Hang tight. We'll be back. It's Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio.
2: For your consideration, not one but two ways that you could strengthen the local global church, the Masters Academy International, training men in los angeles who then return to their home countries and open up mini seminaries to train pastors in their native land that strengthens the local church but there's another way you can do just that we are partnering with the masters academy international to send bibles to the philippines not just any bible macarthur study bibles to believers in tmai trained churches these efforts strengthen the local church would you please consider how many bibles you might send how many seminaries you might support overseas to learn more visit wretched.org pastor or if you like the bible sending idea wretched.org bible
3: Thank you for joining us at Wretched Radio today. Did you know there is one simple, convenient location where we've compiled all things wretched? I'm talking about our full daily 60-minute radio programs, our full daily 30-minute TV episodes, information about our other productions like Road Trip to Truth and Transformed, and a store that contains a ton of amazing resources like Jesus Unmasked, the Drive-By series. It can all be found at wretched.org. And hey, while you're there, I would urge you to visit our donate page there you'll find information on a lot of the questions you might have on becoming a wretched gospel partner now if you're already a wretched gospel partner you know we humbly thank you for your efforts in helping us reach millions with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and if you're not already a wretched gospel partner talk to your spouse and then prayerfully consider partnering with us wretched.org slash donate wretched amazing grace amazing gospel
2: Cool. Very cool. The Tomorrow Clubs now have 106 clubs in Romania. This year
4: marks the celebration of the 25th anniversary of our ministry. But also, it is a very important milestone for Tomorrow Clubs Romania. Now, Tomorrow Clubs Romania has 106
2: that means 106 villages are hearing the gospel proclaimed to the kids who get saved they bring the gospel home parents get saved and local churches get strengthened would you please consider supporting the tomorrow clubs not only do they have hundreds of clubs in romania ukraine russia albania all over eastern europe and now in Africa. Would you please consider what might you do to bring the gospel to both Africa and Eastern Europe? TomorrowClubs.org slash Wretched.
0: Important Dates in Christian History 64 AD, after fire ravages Rome, Emperor Nero blames Christians and unleashes the first state-sanctioned persecution of Christians. Roman persecution would continue for 250 years until Emperor Constantine officially recognized and defended Christianity. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And
3: we're back. It is a Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio, and we're not going to waste a whole lot of time. If you remember, Todd and Eric were chatting at Kennesaw State University when we took a break just a moment ago. So now let's get back to the campus and that chat.
1: I mean, I, I don't really know the specifics of the Bible. I just believe that there is one God. Um, and yeah, like you said, I think, I think um, everything does reflect
2: that God, you know? Yeah. I agree. So here's here's the thought that i maybe try to wanna leave ringing in your ears. So Eric, you're gonna die someday. It's inevitable. Nobody escapes it. And frankly, it could be today. If God calls your number, he can make this tree fall on your head and you're out of here. And you then could spend eternity in hell. You don't want that. I don't want that for you. And God offers to rescue you now. And you might be inclined to think, interesting, but this isn't urgent because I'm only 18. I'm not 80. When I'm 80, I'll think about death because I'm going to be right on its doorstep. But right now, I don't have to. Christianity isn't just about rules. It's not just out of getting out of hell. It is being brought into a right relationship with your creator. You can know God. I suspect you got a cell phone on you, and you've got a, a little catalog in there of everybody whose names and numbers that you've got. Your directory is filled with... There's nobody in there that compares to God. You get a direct line to Him. You can talk to God, you can know God, you can understand God, you can understand yourself, you'll understand life. You should not repent and trust in Jesus just to get out of hell. That's a part of the package. But it's His kindness that should lead you to repentance. Do you know what crucifixion is like? When Jesus was put on the cross? Is that what you're talking about? I don't know what it's like. Back then, they used to say the hand would come to about here. This was considered, we do it about here. They would say there. So Jesus had nails put through his hand, probably right there, through that soft part, right there. Both hands nailed to a tree. Then they took nails, and they probably put them through his ankles on the side. Typically, when you see a, a crucifixion of Jesus, he's got his feet crossed but that's probably not the way it went because the nails weren't long enough. They would have them straddle the cross and then bang the nails through, you know that, your Achilles right there? Yeah. yeah. And then they lift you up in the air. Do you know how you die on a cross? No. You suffocate. How? Ever been in a swimming pool? You're in the shallow end. You, you keep your feet on the ground and you start walking toward the deep end. And as the water gets higher you start reaching up and you notice that you struggle to breathe? Well, when you're hanging on a cross, you're being pulled up and pulled down and you can't breathe. So you ultimately die from a lack of oxygen. It's slow, it's torturous, it's painful. Jesus Christ did that, not for his pals, not for his friends, but for sinful people. That's how good he is. You don't know anybody better than Jesus, nobody. And you can know him. That's why at the, at the young age of 18, you should consider these claims because what I'm saying to you is, Eric, you can know God. That's a pretty good offer, wouldn't you say? I think that's a good offer. So I can't force you to do that. Nobody can. Can't beat you over the head with the Bible. But I would encourage you, please think about these things, all right? I would hate for you to go to hell. That would be, man, you ever been to court? You don't have to tell me. No, but you can imagine standing there and the judge goes bang and it's done and they bailiffs take you away and your fate is sealed. Right now you have a chance. Now is the time of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. So I would encourage you, you're gonna sit here, I'll walk away. Think about this and if you realize you know what i'm a sinner who needs a savior jesus offers me a hand and forgiveness take it repent turn from your sins put your faith in him him alone and you have his promise you will not just be forgiven he's gonna it's like jesus studied the test gets an a you do get an f and he gives you his a and you walk around for the rest of your life, God sees you as an A because when he sees you, he sees his son, Jesus Christ. That's good news. And if that moves you to go, that's the God I want, then call out to him. He's mighty to save. He'll forgive you. And he uses vivid language. He'll hold you in his hand and nobody will ever snatch you out. He'll never have to worry about hell again, death again. And life will increasingly start to make sense because you're going to be more in alignment with reality. So would you think about those things today? Sure, I'll think about them. Be praying
3: for Eric. He's certainly an unbeliever. He heard the gospel today, and he rejected the gospel. Let's all be praying that he genuinely does think about the things he just heard. Well, you know, Todd was so eager to get to the campus today, it looks like he forgot his timer because we still have some time left in this segment. Todd, I really hope you've got somebody else standing by, because if not, this is going to be a little awkward.
2: This is Anthony, and he's wearing a piece of jewelry, which is a subject I'd like to pursue. Anthony, you're wearing a cross. Why? i'm a christian cool fair enough now here's here's my first question about that cross and you being a christian do you think god is scary i would say no how come well if you think about it he's
4: a being of infinite goodness how can goodness be scary
2: all right do you think that god ever judges people
4: i would say he doesn't judge the individual he judges their sin or their
2: actions they have committed. So you wouldn't say that God is angry at the sinner, just at the sin, is that correct? Yes, I would say so. All right, can I do have ask some follow-up questions to that? Go ahead. If a criminal is standing before a judge and he broke a bunch of laws, who goes to jail? The crimes or the criminal? The criminal. So wouldn't God actually be pointing his judgment at the criminal as opposed to the crime? I would say so. You you asked a you said something at the very beginning. You said God is a a being of infinite goodness. So how could he be angry? I think the answer to that question is that he's angry because he is good. If God is really good, in other words, he cares about what is precious and true and valuable and right and just. His love for those good things translates into anger at the opposite of those, things that aren't just, things that aren't right, mistreatment of people, because God is good, he must be angry at the people who break his laws. What do you think of that argument? I would say it's pretty sound. Okay, so if I approached you and I said, Anthony, seem like a nice fellow, seem like you have your act together. I know that symbol represents Christianity, but I'm not very clear on it. What would you say to me if I asked you to share what it is that makes you different than other people? What would you say to me?
4: You have to come to the point where you realize that every single one of your actions is flawed. And there's nothing you can do to change that. So you have to seek a savior someone to take the burden of your actions and to help you improve. Because even if you try to improve on your own, you will get somewhere, but you won't get the full way. The only way you get the full way is with the help of a divine being, which is what God is. And you also need him to forgive you of your actions, else you're gonna spend your eternity in perdition.
2: Hell. Yeah, Yeah, because the Bible says God is angry at the wicked every day. But that doesn't mean that God is Defined as an angry being, God is love, God is good, he is righteous, he is holy. But there is an aspect of God's character that rightly burns with indignation toward those people who willfully break his laws. And like you rightly said, Jesus took that punishment that sinners deserve. But here's my question for you now. Okay, so let's say I responded and said, Anthony, you're right. I'm a really bad sinner, how do I get my sins forgiven? What would you say?
4: You ask for forgiveness, but genuine forgiveness, which means you make a whole 360 turn from the way you were heading. So if you were heading in this path, you turn around, and you head the other way. Okay.
2: And what if I don't do that?
4: Well, then you truly aren't repentant.
2: That's a big, fancy theological word, repentance. What does that mean?
4: It means turning the other way. Cool. And
2: you've done that?
4: I would say I've tried my best. Uh, I screw up from time to time, which is like every day. <laughs> but but we make an effort to be better.
2: So are you, as you sit here on this bench, certain that God is going to welcome you into his kingdom because Jesus died for your sins?
4: Uh, yes, that's what the Bible says, so I'm going to go with that. Cool. Thank
2: you. This was really refreshing. Nice to meet
3: you. You know, I know sharing Jesus with these students is, of course, the main purpose of Witness Wednesday, but I know I'm not the only one that gets encouraged when Todd encounters believers. I do hope you're encouraged by those encounters, too. Well, hang tight, because we're not finished just yet. No, we have more Witness Wednesday from Kennesaw State University next on Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Recently, during an interview with Tucker Carlson, the creator of the conservative Libs of TikTok Twitter account, shared that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis offered her shelter and security after she received backlash for her previously anonymous work of exposing radical gender ideology across society. Kudos to Governor DeSantis for that, but, you know, it really makes no sense to me. Those on the left whose ideology is all of this gender confusion stuff, and the majority readily admit it, but when someone with a Twitter account shares exactly what you're doing, then you feel exposed? Someone explain that to me. Well, if your New Year's resolution was to lose weight and get in shape, get ready to be a racist... That is according to one lady that was exposed by Libs of TikTok. I would post some audio from that video, but trust me when I say it is very, very hard to follow. But essentially, if you're wanting to lose weight to become more desirable, then you're upholding a fatphobic beauty standard and, well, you're just a white supremacist. Yeah, because, you know, only white supremacists want to lose weight. Well, this right here will come as no surprise or shock to many of you. Well, at least it didn't me. But a new Democratic representative, Robert Garcia, posted recently that he will proudly be sworn into Congress on the U.S. Constitution. But underneath the Constitution will be three items that mean a lot to him personally. A picture of his parents. No problem with that one. His citizenship certificate. No argument from me there. But here's this last dandy, an original copy of Superman No. 1. Yeah, a comic book. But no Bible anywhere to be seen to swear upon. We're just swearing on Superman No. 1. But like I said, that will come as no surprise to many of you. Because that's exactly what this nation has become, a comic book. And in case you haven't heard, New York State recently became the sixth state to legalize the practice of composting human remains... A practice that's disgusting and anti-human, but it's New York State, so par for the course. And we'll end on some good news. There was recently quite a bit of concern over Grace Community Church Pastor John MacArthur after he was absent for his church's second service this past Sunday due to an unspecified illness. And according to a statement released by the church, Dr. MacArthur is doing just fine. He saw a doctor on Sunday afternoon and is in good health. Just needed a little bit of rest after a busy holiday week. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible.
0: The Gospel is present throughout all of Scripture, beginning with the book of Genesis. Immediately after the fall, God promises a Messiah who will crush the head of the serpent. Even in the Garden of Eden, God was preparing the means of our salvation through Jesus Christ. This is Wretched
3: Radio with Todd Friel. And welcome back to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio while Todd and the team are out at Kennesaw State University, where we now return.
2: Uh, This hurts a little bit, dude. When was Jaws produced? When was Jaws produced? 1974. 75? Give or take, yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw it first run. You saw it? First day. Not the first day, but when it first came out in 1970. What I'm telling you is that makes me feel old. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, no, yeah, no.
5: It's been one of my dad's favorite movies, so... Yeah, I mean, he was kind of raised with it. All
2: right, did you see Jaws 2? I've seen all the Jaws, even the 3D one. Which... They just went... Right after the first one, didn't they?
5: Yeah, no. I'm a, I am have a guilty pleasure with the second one. I, I like it because there's like a little brother duo there, but
2: it's a guilty pleasure. I know it's not that good. Okay, Marco, I don't know if, you, if you've noticed over there, there's some guys, it appears they're doing a preaching. Have you ever seen these fellows before?
5: I actually have. This is probably the third time I've seen them,
2: but yeah. As best you can tell from just walking by or maybe stopping to listen, what's their message? I from
5: what I've heard it sounds almost scolding. Um, I'm not, I'm down for anyone talking about whatever their thoughts are, but it just felt scolding. I'm I mean you can believe whatever you want. I believe whatever you want. I don't care. It just it just felt scolding from what I heard. It just felt like yelling to me. All right. They're Christians. What is their message? From what I heard it's kind of been scolding people specifically i've seen like the flags the lgbtq plus community uh, it's kind of like they're scolding their um kind of like their lifestyle their beliefs um that's and they're using kind of christianity as like hey you keep being you it's going to be kind of problematic for your life you know are you a christian uh, yes i am
2: what kind Uh, I am a Catholic. So tell me, what is the central teaching of Roman Catholicism?
5: In my perspective, Roman Catholicism really teaches that you believe in Jesus, you believe in God, you follow great morals, you'll get to heaven. That's essentially the big picture, right? You'll You'll be safe because Jesus came here
2: to kind of like save us all all right so I'm going to summarize that in my own language so I have to believe in Jesus and follow his laws or his rules and if I do that successfully I go to heaven
5: yes and also technically we're all safe it's not that In in the grand scheme of things we're all safe we all just got to
2: do our best to be our better selves and that's always subjective Do you know the difference between Catholicism and Protestantism? I do. I do like at least the main differences. What is it, do you think? Uh, For starters, there's no
5: pope for any Protestantism. Uh, The pope is, there's a leader of a church overall that kind of dictates and puts laws into place for the religion. That's kind of like the overarching picture of it. And Protestantism kind of stems from multiple, like baptism and Lutherism.
2: Theologically, belief system, what's different?
5: What I believe it's different, um, kind of like Pro, Protestants, kind of like um, focus more primarily on... It's more... How do I describe Like Catholicism, is more... Uh, I feel like there's more both have structure it's just like catholicism is like you go to one place there's a way to become a a priest and there's like certain specific ways to do it protestantism is kind of like hey if if you you can become a preacher anyone can like it doesn't matter if you're married doesn't matter if you have kids anyone can do it but like you got to go obviously through certain steps that's kind of like the overarching of it
2: let me share with you the protestant reformation are you familiar with that yeah about 1500s, give or take, little on both sides, what those guys who started to complain to the Roman Catholic Church, they said the doctrine of justification is the doctrine on which salvation swings. So the Protestants had a different understanding than Catholics of the doctrine of justification. Have you ever heard that term, justification? Yeah, kind of like justification, who goes to heaven, who doesn't. Exactly, right. Okay, so justified to be made right. The Roman Catholic system, they follow a teaching called infused righteousness. Think of it like a shot. They give you righteousness through your baptism when you're a baby, so you are, at least momentarily, righteous. But... The rest of your life, then, you need to maintain that good standing of righteousness by not sinning, by participating in sacraments, confessing your sins, giving, last rites. And then if you have maintained your righteous standing, hopefully you'll go to heaven, but if not, you go to purgatory, where you spend some time working it off. That's that's the Roman Catholic teaching on the doctrine of justification. Tracking with me? Yeah. Okay. Protestants came along and said they believe in imputed righteousness. It's a word that means credited. The way that they saw it was we're we're guilty sinners, we're bad people, we can't earn God's favor. Nobody does good, no not one. Everybody is Deserving of eternal damnation. But God is rich in mercy and he desires to save sinners so that he can be glorified and praised for being a God who saves wicked people, sinful people, not good people, bad people. So he sent his son Jesus, lived a perfect life, never sinned, died on a cross, taking the punishment of God on behalf of sinners like you and me. And he promises, if you'll repent, put your trust in him, he will totally forgive your sins, he will credit your account with his righteousness, and you will be the righteousness of God. So that when you die, you can know you're going to heaven, not because you've worked or maintained your salvation or done good deeds, but because you put your trust in the one who did everything for you, That's the big difference. There's others, but that's the big difference between Catholicism and Protestantism. So my question, Marco, which system do you think is a better offer?
5: I don't think there's a better offer for any of the two systems. I think it's kind of like who you are, you know. Um, Some people like structure. Some people like kind of like... um, Like you said, you know I don't need to do different sacraments Like for example, I I am always going to identify myself as a Catholic But uh, I don't always just I don't always go to confession I don't always uh, I haven't done like um, All the sacraments And uh, I personally don't think I'll get married in the church That's just me Because I That's my lifestyle And I don't think there's a right or wrong I think there's just whatever makes you feel more connected to God. That's
2: like the most important part. The Roman Catholic Church would say, actually, you're in trouble because if you're not doing these things, you're not going. So not me, but that's what your church teaches. You've got to do those things or you will not receive everlasting life. All right, let me try a scenario. This is not a perfect illustration. So give me a little leeway on this. But imagine you came to the campus on day one and I said, Marco, you have a choice. You can pay lots of money and you can work your tail off and you might get a good grade, but you might not. You're going to have to forsake a lot of things to work very, very hard. And there's no guarantee of the outcome. Option two, somebody comes to you and says, Marco, I love you and I'm paying for your tuition I've already taken all of the exams here, and I got an A-plus on every exam, and I'm going to give you my grade. Which offer is better?
5: Well, it depends. Maybe getting it right, knowing that the option's there. It's always just great. It's great to know that it's there, that you're going to get the A. But also, you know, the hard work
2: that's where the analogy you're exactly right that's precisely where the illustration breaks down but that's not exactly my point
3: okay stop we do have to take a break and you know for once for once i do think this might do all of us a little bit of good to clear our heads at the moment hang tight we'll be back with more from todd and marco next
2: on wretched radio Just because Roe v. Wade is overturned, that does not mean the battle for life is over. Would you please consider supporting Preborn Ministries, providing ultrasounds that genuinely save lives?
1: That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing when she got here. It was just, oh my gosh.
2: Another woman who chooses life because she saw an ultrasound. Her life, and obviously her baby's life, changed.
3: When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without
2: her. The war for life continues to rage. Would you please engage in the battle and support Preborn Centers at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. I could spend
3: the next 60 seconds telling you things like Wretched Radio airs on over 820 Christian radio stations, or Wretched TV appears on 125 Christian TV stations. I could tell you that the Wretched Radio podcast has had nearly 5 million downloads in the last year, or the Wretched YouTube channel has had nearly 125 million all-time views. But I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to say thank you. Thank you for your continued support that has helped us reach millions of people on all- All Over the world with the gospel. Wretched Radio and TV, Road Trip to Truth, and our newest production, Transformed, are all possible because of the support of our gospel partners. If you're not a gospel partner, would you please prayerfully consider becoming one? We rely on your kindness and your generosity and your ongoing prayers. Visit wretched.orgslash donate to get all of the details. That's wretched.orgslash donate, or you can text the word wretched to the number 44321.
2: How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched affordable biblical health sharing Christians paying for other Christians medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, Love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash Wretched.
0: Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called a curse for us. When Adam sinned, all creation came under a curse, and everyone who breaks God's law is cursed. But Jesus bore our curse on the cross so that we may receive the blessings of God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
3: And we are back to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd is out on the campus at Kennesaw State University where we've been hearing him chat with Marco, who's a postmodern Roman Catholic. And even though his Roman Catholic belief would tell him some very direct truths, he seems to have a little bit of trouble being able to tell someone else they're wrong. Let's sneak back into the chat with Todd and Marco. Now this is Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio.
5: That this is what I believe. I believe Jesus is Jesus. You know, follow Jesus, you'll be great in life. You know, you'll be great in heaven. But those who don't believe that, I'm not gonna tell them you're wrong because what I say is def is the definite. You, their thing might even say their thing is definite, and my thing is invalid. But that doesn't make me feel less valuable in what I believe and less valuable for them either
2: don't get annoyed with me but I'm gonna give it one more run here's the scenario Jesus is the only true and living God and he is going to return that's a fact it's you can't that's going to actually happen no matter how you read the Bible that's what he's gonna do and he's gonna judge people and to those people who have believed in him and he's granted forgiveness, and he's given them righteousness. He will receive them unto himself. Those people who have not, then they're still criminals with a rap sheet, with a debt to pay, and they will be punished. Now, if that's what's going to actually happen, let's imagine that day for a second, and somebody gets pulled in front of Jesus Christ, the just judge of all the earth, can they say in that moment, but this just isn't my truth. Will that make the reality disappear? No, they'll be consumed by what is true. Does that maybe move your dial a little bit toward thinking that faith, certainly it's subjective. We individually believe what we believe. That's true. But what we believe is either objectively true or it's not. To believe otherwise would imply that, well, that Jesus won't return and he won't judge me because I don't believe it. That's nonsense, because that's what he said is gonna happen. So we can't we can't get off the hook of dealing with Jesus by just saying all beliefs are personal. You believe in Jesus, so that's cool for me, but you don't have to. It's just not what Jesus said is even. Possible. Respond. That's that's the last time. I'll I'll give it a run. What do you think of that argument?
5: I'm never gonna force anyone to follow what I believe. And I don't think Jesus. Oh, this is my personal belief. Might not align with yours. We might align. Doesn't matter. Jesus was a Jewish person. He's he was essentially a. Well, not essentially. He was a Jewish man of belief because Christianity didn't exist until Jesus got crucified. We all know the story, but I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to tell someone, you're going to go to hell. That's not for me to say. That's not for me to say, hey, just because you're not following Jesus, you're going to go to hell. That's not for me to say. I don't have that power. I'm not God. God is the only person who can say that so people who don't believe in Jesus people who don't even believe in anything or think their thing is more definite than mine I'm not gonna tell them hey you're gonna go to hell for not doing that I Jesus might maybe it wasn't written in the Bible maybe it's somewhere in the Bible just interpreted differently where we're all get saved. I don't know I don't know if I'll get saved. I believe I will because I'm a follower of Jesus, but I'm not one to say, hey, you're gonna go to hell because you do not believe in Jesus. I'll never say that to anyone.
2: (sighs) If scenario, little preposterous, let's say you knew there was a bomb in that building and it was gonna go off in about three minutes and people are walking toward that building to go into that building and you, you would stop them and warn them, wouldn't you? course but it's not the same scenario well it's not identical but it is in a sense and if that person said to you no i don't believe there's a bomb in there my truth is i'm going to be fine going to my class you would say your truth is wrong i know for a fact there's a bomb in there you're gonna blow up don't go into the building okay you would do that for somebody when it comes to temporal life, if it's true that Jesus is going to judge people, then isn't it actually a loving thing to tell somebody there's danger and there's a way of escape and that there is only one way? Isn't that actually loving and not judgmental? Well, using your example,
5: let's say we believe there's a bomb in the building, right? But we haven't seen the bomb. Right, just like we haven't seen God I believe God I don't have to see him to believe in God but I'm not going to tell someone they're going to die I'm going to tell them hey this is what I believe in and hey if you're in a good spiritual place with yourself that's awesome great for you just as maybe the bomb goes off and it just blows up a toaster and everyone's safe in that building a bomb blew up you know, this there's, there's truth in it, but it just blew up a toaster. It just blew up a wall and no one got hurt. Same thing. We might all go we might all go to heaven. Because I believe there's a God. We will all go to heaven. Maybe God is like, hey, we as long as you were a great person, spiritually in touch with yourself and everyone around you, you have a place with me. That's my personal belief. That everyone has a place with it No matter if you don't know God Some people don't have the chance to know God Some people were never raised to But they know God in this way As long as they're a good individual person In the spiritual touch I'm never going to tell someone You're wrong You're going to die You're going to go to hell I'm not going to force it Even if if some people may believe That Hey if I don't tell them they're going to die I don't think that's true I again I don't think it's true that I'm gonna me not telling someone's gonna be the deciding factor whether they go to heaven or not if I had that much power I wouldn't be here in the school okay I wouldn't be in the school I would be like I would be next to God if I had the power to determine someone going to heaven or not
2: I want you to imagine Marco you didn't go into media you went into medicine you're a doctor and a patient has all the symptoms of a terminal illness. You know that telling them is gonna make them feel bad. You know that there is a remote possibility they could actually live. But because you knew they were gonna die, isn't it compassionate to the doctor to say, I got some bad news for you. You're gonna die and there is a cure. Isn't that actually a kind thing to do? Even though it makes somebody's feelings hurt a little bit? Well they're they're exactly. But if you know if you knew the cure, the first thing you'd want to do is tell them about their illness, because otherwise they're not gonna take a cure if they don't think they're sick. Two plus two equals
5: I actually have to go now.
2: Okay, just okay you answer okay, two plus two is four. I think it's 24, you tell me I'm wrong, right? It's mathematics, religion is social. You gotta scoot. I appreciate it, you're a gentleman. Okay, see you Marco. All right. Well that didn't go. Perfectly, Actually, it did, because hopefully I wasn't sinful with Marco. And he maybe heard the truth, and we will leave the results to God for that. When you go out to witness, not everybody's going to give you a hug when you're done. They might get a little agitated. The key, though, is that we're not agitating. We try to speak the truth. We try to reason with people. But we don't try to make a guy like Marco annoyed. Maybe I pushed it too far. That is a possibility. You be the judge. That is why we do this. (laughs) So you can eat the meat and spit out the bones. So find yourself a Marco. And if you don't think that I did well on that, then you do it. You, You get out there and you find yourself a sinner and try to be faithful, be loving, pray for the kids before you talk to them. Try to get your heart in the right place so that you don't come across like a big meanie. But whatever you do, go find yourself a sinner and witness to them because they're just lost. And I do have to say one more thing. Um, That's the first kid to get agitated in about as long as I can remember. So that's one out of a hundred I'll take those odds. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.